Yeah, so keyword crypto, formerly Michael and the Bear. Um, so I was reading about this, uh, so Ars Technica. Um, it's a website. The website. Get on it. It's good. It's good stuff. So they had a post recently that said, uh, the title is, Google isn't the company that we should have handed the web over to. And the article more or less talks about how Microsoft has decided to stop having a Windows browser. Um, they are going to switch over to a Chromium browser, and which means that Chrome is going to have like 85% of the market. So Internet Explorer and will finally be deleted from your computer. You've been trying to delete it for 20 years, <laughs> 25 years, and it doesn't go away, and finally they throw in the towel. Yeah, yeah. No more Microsoft Edge. No, it's so. And if you don't, and if you don't know, so like the Brave browser is a Chromium browser, Opera is a Chromium browser. So these are all like not necessarily forks, but kind of forks of of the Chromium browser. Um, and that's and that you know that got me thinking about cryptocurrency and and kind of the um, the Bitcoin maximalists saying everything. All the shit coins are going to go to zero. Um, everything else is garbage. Bitcoin's king. Bitcoin's the only thing. You know, Bitcoin's like gold. Bitcoin, blah 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 blah. And it got me thinking: is like, is that a good thing? Is having Chromium, is having Chrome, being having a complete monopoly over how we connect to the internet, is that a good thing? Is Bitcoin being the only way we have digital connection to currency? Is that a good thing? Is, you know, Blockstream is now putting satellites into, um, around the planet so you can have Bitcoin transactions without the internet. Is that a good thing to have one company's satellites confirming our transactions? Is it a good thing to have one cryptocurrency? Is it a good thing to have one browser? Is it a good thing? I mean, like, is it a no. good thing to have Amazon really be the only thing that w way we get packages shipped to us anymore? Like, like, and and obviously the answer is no because we're looking at how Amazon is destroying entire towns with their uh, fulfillment centers, and and kind of like what Walmart's doing is as soon as a Walmart goes in, every single mom and pop store shuts down within a couple of years, and then it just becomes a Walmart town. And, and so we're seeing it all around us, and yet the the Bitcoin maximalists are still saying, well, you know, there's there's only one Bitcoin and everything else is garbage and, and there's no need for all these other blockchains. And it's like, that's bullshit because the free market is the way that we keep decentralization alive, the way we keep democracy alive. I mean, without options, JJ's starting to gloss over, so I want you to jump in. Uh, no, no, I, I mean, I've got a... <laughs> I, I can respond to several things that you said. Do you want me to do it all at once, or do you want me to do them one at a time? <laughs> <laughs> See, I got to stop going on those rants. That's why you need to jump in sooner. I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt our you. listeners. You, you, you sounded pretty good. Um, well, well, what I mean, obviously, what I think is no, we don't want one of these things. But okay, let's uh, okay, let's start with. Let's see. Should we start with? Google, or should we start with Amazon, or should we start with cryptocurrency? <laughs> we should probably start with cryptocurrency since this is a crypto podcast. And if we start talking about other parts of the free market, we might just be here for hours. Um, so, no, I don't think 
No, of course not. I don't think that there should just be one cryptocurrency, but I'm looking at cryptocurrency as not just a means to transact value. I'm looking at it as an entire industry that has all kinds of uses. So I don't see how it's even possible that there could be one cryptocurrency. I just I just don't even see how that'd be possible. I I I I understand where the Bitcoin maximalists are coming from because you know if you've been involved and interested in cryptocurrency for a while, a lot of the projects are just outright just cash grabs and and they're just they're just ponzi's basically it's easy to see that and so it's it's therefore easy to jump to the conclusion that every single altcoin is just a ponzi every single one is just just something trying to be another stock market 2.0 they're all just garbage they're not going to amount to anything but i don't think that's true i think that i think that cryptocurrency in in all its and all its parts offers so much more than just a way to transact money. So, so I just don't, I mean, I just don't agree with the maximalists in that way. I think there's other things that you can do. So that's, that's the way I feel about crypto. I don't even, it's hard for me to even conceive of a future with just Bitcoin as the main currency. And I don't even know, I don't even see a future where necessarily where Bitcoin is that, even if there was just one anyway. Because there are obviously, you know, alternatives that do Bitcoin better. They just don't have the network effects that Bitcoin has. They just don't have the name. And that's the only reason that they can't really compete. But well, and also it's like we have we have gold, we have silver, we have copper, we have platinum. We have all these different standards that people use as like as valuable metals. There's a lot of ways to transact yeah. wealth. That's true. There's a lot of ways to transact value. And and I think that there will always be, as long as you can transact an altcoin for dollars, then you'll be able to. So, um, yeah, I don't agree. And, with and the, why, the and why was XRP so exciting for people? Is because they looked at Bitcoin at $17,000 know, in early December, and they see... XRP at you know 42 cents and they and they get excited and they jump on you know it's the same same reason why Google Chrome got and, and Gmail got on cuz Gmail's like Gmail comes out and you're like holy shit I can actually have my name as my email cuz it's still yeah. so new and all of a sudden people are jumping on like wildfire and people get excited about it it's like people want change and when you and and usually if you listen to if you ever read 0 to 1 or if you listen to our earlier podcast where I just talk endless shit about Peter Thiel, um, he says that every company should try to achieve a monopoly because once you've achieved a monopoly, you have no more competition and you're making all the money. But And that's great from a business standpoint, but that's also absolutely stupid from a business standpoint because you're you're decreasing your longevity because yes. the companies that had major monopolies have all gotten taken apart. And Microsoft is a perfect example. 
It's starting, you know, it, it lost its market share. Now it's losing its browser. It's just like it's not able to necessarily compete anymore. And they, they tried to, they were just so big and unwieldy. It was very difficult for them to keep up with Google and very difficult for them to keep up with Apple when it came to mobile. They couldn't keep up with, with the changes. And they don't have mobile phones. And now they don't have browsers. And those are going to be the two things that actually go into the future. Personal computers probably won't exist in 10 years, 20 years. It's Probably all going to be smartphones that you just plug into your into your, yep. you know, your your monitor, and, and everything runs off your smartphone. And they don't have a smartphone, and they don't have a browser. Yeah. So how is Microsoft going to be around in twenty years? Uh, they're trying to survive off the Xbox right now, and it's just like, oh man, that's their, yeah. that's their only yeah. the only thing that they've got. Yeah, you know, I and mean, Windows three and Windows three sixty or, or Word or whatever that is for a startup three sixty. You know, if you're playing that game, that capitalist game, then yes, I can understand how the goal is to become a monopoly. You don't want to have any competition. But what makes me sad, what what makes me fall apart a bit inside is that is that I I don't know, this just like there's nothing nothing magnanimous anymore. It's like it's like now there's sympathy for these giant corporations. And if somebody becomes a monopoly, it's almost like, well, well done, you know, you made it to monopoly status. And and that to me is like, yeah, oh. it's, that that does hurt. That does. I mean, that does. I mean, it 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 bums me out that we need to create laws to protect people against monopolies. I wish I wish we wouldn't we didn't have to do that. But unfortunately, there's people like Peter Thiel who are teaching that <laughs> in, in textbook form. That uh, that's the goal, which is frustrating because what he says is what he's saying, and this is the subtext, and and it may not even be a conscious subject text, and maybe his unconscious, but what he's ultimately saying is, don't care about the user, because at the end of the day, competition is good for the user, monopolies are terrible for the user. Yeah, I mean that's indirect. He's, I mean, I guess he's kind of indirectly saying that, but. I'm, I I don't know. I, in, I mean, in every situation, monopolies hurt the user. Like we see it with our cable companies, we see it with our internet companies, we see it with mobile when we really only have oh that's true three yeah, in any right. given city because it's just like it constantly like we're constant. So we have in America we have some of the slowest internet speeds out of all the industrialized countries. We have some of the worst mobile technology. Because we don't have enough competition. And part of it's because our country's so big, it's very difficult to have a lot of competition in such a big place. But with blockchain, we actually, it doesn't matter how big our country is. Like, finally, we have, a, we have something that is, is size of the country agnostic. It doesn't matter how big your country is or how small your country is. Like, you can make a blockchain and have it work everywhere. And that's exciting because it's it's there's there are no limitations, and to me that's that's amazing for the user, and that's why I don't like the idea of of Bitcoin being the only one because I don't think that's healthy for us the user. But it doesn't really seem like I mean, are we in danger of Bitcoin being the only cryptocurrency? I mean, that that, that doesn't seem like. It seems like if anything, we're just gonna even get more alternative to Bitcoins. We're gonna get more forks. We're gonna get more. Uh, I mean, I I can 
I can imagine a future where cryptocurrency as we know it now does not survive and instead we get some other you know distributed technology that works in some other way maybe it even doesn't even replace money maybe it replaces the internet that we have or maybe it replaces some other infrastructure i i just i mean i don't know we have to remember that that cryptocurrency is still so young and we st- we have no idea what it's going to look like in 10 20 30 40 years and and so I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we can say that we're in danger of Bitcoin being a monopoly in crypto, but it is an interesting not so question. Much, not so much necessarily Bitcoin, because I don't. Because you know, so Chrome so, well, is well, Netscape. The, the reason that, right? that that Bitcoin, the reason that Bitcoin become it wouldn't be Bitcoin that's a monopoly. It's the controlling the controlling parties of bitcoin so the large mining mining groups the bitmains all of those big organizations that have the largest shares or of, xrp of that's pre pre-mined and controlled by yeah. by ripple or ripple labs like ripple that's a perfect example so XRP. that would be bad yes yeah and, and, and i could see and I, I bring it up because we're 20 years into the internet now and more yeah. the internet's supposed to bring more options and when it comes to browsers, we now have two options if you're a PC user, if you're a yeah, Windows user. Much. You have Firefox oh. and you have Chromium and the variations of Chromium. Actually, no, does anyone actually use Safari? Does anyone use Firefox still? I don't, I don't well, know. No, but that's not, that's <laughs> not on Windows. You can't, they, it yeah. doesn't exist on Windows anymore. So if you're a Mac user, you have three. You have yeah, Chrome, like said, you have Firefox, and you have, and you have Safari. But, but I if don't you're know a PC user... Yeah, pretty, so it's like that's it's like well, so, twenty years so, in the internet, and we have two options for for Windows users. That's fucking crazy. But Google at this point has had plenty of opportunities to ha- become terrible. I mean, they're like they're so huge, and they knew what they were doing so early on. I mean the the company that said that could look into the future and see the development and think. We're going to figure out a way to search and organize that, and that is going to be the key to owning the internet in the future. I mean, I feel like they could be a much more evil company than they are. So why why haven't they? Why haven't they gone up that edge? Because they're worried about regulations. They're worried about they're worried about backlash. I, I don't know if that's it. Like, why isn't I mean, Google a worse right company than Congress? It is? I mean, I so okay, so back. Five years ago, there was options. There was there were you know there were other options to Gmail. There were other options to Chrome. There were other options to five I mean, years ago, and, and and then they bought YouTube, and then there were no more options on video. Like that's yeah, the thing well, that like, we so talked th- about that's, before. We do need that, yes. Especially when you know we we whenever censorship becomes a problem, yes, we we do need that. And I was a little disconcerted when Gmail just kind of took off because, I mean, it was uh, that was more than 10 years ago when I heard of people starting to use Gmail. Oh, it was probably 15 years ago. No, not quite 15. 2007. And it was like, oh, yeah, you can use this email service, but they read your emails. And I remember thinking of that and going, fuck no. <laughs> I'm not going to let someone read my emails. <laughs> but it's just for advertisements. No, no, no. I don't want anyone reading my emails. And like the thing is, is most people were like, meh, I'm okay with that. 
you know? Yeah. Eh, I'm all right. Yeah. I got nothing to hide. I got nothing to say. I'm not, I don't really matter. Yeah. Well, so, because yes. it, they pitched it to them. They didn't say, hey, we're going to read your emails. They say our AI bot is going to scan your emails to help us create better AI to help you in the future. And I that's read that pretty as, exciting. I'm going to read that the emails. That sounds yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, but like, and then and then when you throw in that your motto is "Do no evil," like it's oh, it's it's a it's a dance. They, they're doing they're the dance. So they're you know, yeah. it's they're playing. It's just it's just manipulation long. and. So and what's the worst? Let's talk about. So what what is the uh, post apocalyptic Google owned world look like? <laughs> I mean, like, it's what's what's it going to end up like? Is Google going to start? buying grocery stores and forcing us to eat Soylent Green or something like that? or that No, so if you, if you look, if you read the, the article, it says that they're already, they keep making these tiny little changes. So anybody who has a fork of Chrome or anybody who's not using Chrome, it just, it just makes their lives more difficult. And so once they have 100% of the market share, then they can start, instead of, they can instead of asking people to pay for ads, they can start charging businesses. You'd be like, right. "Hey, Netflix! Every single person watches your content on their computers through our browser. We want a cut." And what are yeah, they going to do? Say, "Fuck so you!" No, like, no, like, there's no options. People don't have an option to watch their content. So Netflix entire thing, unless you're watching it on an iPhone or on a on a third-party device like through your tv like like apple tv or chromecast see it's just like they, they, they're everywhere and so you're gonna have to find other options but like it, it becomes difficult like when there's less options at, it but pushes it, you into a what, corner at what point is it really are people going to start noticing that it's hurting them because right now people don't notice that it's easy for people to, to look at amazon and go oh the fulfillment center is there yeah, they closed all the mom and pop shops in my town i hate them oh they waste so much in packaging materials and they're so inefficient it's easy for 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 us to say that but when it comes to google it seems like everything they're doing is making people's lives easier on average on the surface so my question is is when does it turn ugly when and what does that look like um they'll go after businesses first so mm-hmm. Walmart went after businesses. They shut down all the businesses around them in a 20-mile radius because nobody can compete with a superstore like that. And then every sim- single person in the town becomes dependent on, on working for Walmart or working mm-hmm. for the Amazon Film Center. And right. then at that point, they have you in a bind. So you can't quit because you don't have health care or you get your health care through them. Mm-hmm. And you can't leave because you don't have any money to leave because you've been you've been being you because you're being paid so little you can't build up a nest egg to actually get out unless you can find another job somewhere else fast forward 20 years everybody works in a cave and never gets to see the sunlight (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's basically what we're saying is that eventually google they're very, very quietly seeping into every part of your life and making everything you do without them very difficult. I'm curious. I mean, they have to slip up at some point. Do you, you know, 
I just watched the Google, I mean, the YouTube rewind thing. You know, every year they do a little best of YouTube on, on YouTube. It's a YouTube yeah. rewind. Every year it's absolutely dreadful. It's terrible. It's the worst thing <laughs> because it's created by a production company. It's not created by YouTubers. And it's not created for the people who enjoy YouTube. It's created for the advertisers to say, look how great it is. We've got all these late night talk yeah. show hosts and we've got Will Smith and we've got PewDiePie or whatever. You know, it's like they basically just yeah. say, come advertise with us. And that that makes most people that watch it nauseous, like they're going to vomit because that's not what it is for us. So that was a slip up. At some point, I feel like they're going to slip up to the uh, uh, they're going to slip up big enough that people are going to be like, oh, shit, you know, Google is an evil company. Now, at that point, it'll probably be too late. We'll probably already be yeah. working in caves. But like, like, uh, I mean, that, that's that's my question is like, at w- w- at what critical moment is it gonna, is it going to snap? And we're going to be like, oh, man, we're slaves to Google. Oh, so you know what it's going to be? It's going to be. I know. <laughs> It's going to oh, be the what? fucking robots. It's going to be those Boston Boston mechanics guys. <laughs> you, you, you know you know uh you know what the captcha the captcha thing, you know when you have yeah. to like click on the storefronts or click on the cars or click on the clock crosswalks. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's to make sure that you're a human, but what you're actually doing is you, when you click on those, you're actually tra- training artificial intelligence to see what is a crosswalk and what is a car yeah. and what is a it's storefront. So and that's a bit frightening. That's a bit Orwellian when you think about it. So, yeah, yeah eventually, as soon as those we're Boston Mechanics robots... As soon as <laughs> those training, robots can... We're training our own overlords. <laughs> they're just going to come in here and be like, that's a storefront. That's a car. <laughs> that's a crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there it is. That'll, that'll be fucking terrible. <laughs> but so there's two <laughs> options. So hopefully we don't get too financially dependent because we don't need Amazon. But we do need Walmart if you live in a small town. Because now that yeah. all those mom and pop sh- stores are, are gone, you need Walmart to survive. So those towns are fucked. They are just, well, they are going to be bulldozed into the ground at some point. Everyone's going to have to leave, and those towns will become ghost towns because of Walmart. And that's, that's probably sad. true, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's either that or it's, the only alternative that I can think of is not one that's a whole lot better, and that's that the mom and pop shops can exist on the internet, and they can exist in small towns because the small towns still get the internet. The problem is, is those businesses are going to have to exist on the Amazon marketplace, which is or gonna, or by paying Google or by paying Google, to, right? Yes. So it's a, one way or another. It's going to be like, fast lanes because the, the internet. I mean, because of the FCC, now they can pay. Now they can have paid fast lanes because they dismantled uh, right net neutrality. I've always thought and that. So, yeah, I've I've always like, man, you know, I. I'm always about to say something that I shouldn't. Um, so I used Just to work at a pl- I used to work at a place where I used to have to drive all the way across LA, and it was right when people started using um, Google Maps, <coughs> topless and, bar, and the, it was right when people started <laughs> using Google Maps and Waze. Right, it was at a place that it was at a place that it was working for a company that you absolutely know you might be 
using one right now. And um, and so everyone was very young millennial. A rabbit. It, it was it was everybody like you know worked on beanbag chairs and got free lunch and stuff like that. It was one of those places. I was very lucky to be working there, except that it was kind of an evil place. But um, anyway, I remember when some I I had a trouble getting to work because I rode a motorcycle. And uh, so I would get stuck in traffic. And one person once said, well, don't you use Waze or Google Maps? And I remember in that moment, I, didn't, I wasn't using Google Maps yet, but in that moment, I thought I could kind of see the future of, of Google Maps because they're actually monitoring where everybody is going in their car to make sure that, you know, I, I, I don't see any way that those navigation programs will end up being anything other than just like traffic organizers that's what they're going to do and at a certain point you can pay for the google maps premium and be able to get to work faster like that's how it's going to work once everybody oh, is I, using I google have, maps i have a darker idea for that is businesses will have to pay google maps to have customers be able to get to their business and yeah, if they that, don't that, pay that, a premium to google it, yeah, it'll just be like store not found. I don't store think, not found. I have a feeling. I don't. I don't. I don't expect that to happen because you know people. People will still. Or they'll just say. Or, or or they'll just like if if you're going somewhere and you're like I, you know I'm on a busy thoroughfare. I want people to come down the street and see my business. They'll just yeah. direct them around your business for sure. It's yeah, that, like, now that so I can imagine. There's so many things you could do. So once everybody in the world is using Google Maps then Google Maps can't route everybody to where the least amount of traffic is. That's just not possible. There will still be traffic there if it's routing everyone the same way. So instead, Google has to become the traffic cops of the city, right? Google Maps has to decide who's going in the slow lane and who's going in the fast lane. Like, there's no other alternative way for this to end, end up. There's, like, no other way that this can go. And the only way that they can make that decision is either make it completely random or they can give preference to people who offer some incentive. And that's it, really. That's yeah. all I can think of. Yeah. And so I, 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 ha- I, ha- I had an issue with those, those apps from the start, and I felt like a crazy old man. Now, unfortunately, like, I have to use them because they tell me what to expect. Now you are and the that's crazy the funny old thing. man. <laughs> well, no, the funny thing is, is now I use Google Maps, but it's not, it's not so that I can get to work faster than I did. It's just so that I have a little clock that tells me when I'm going to get there. That's the only reason that I'm using it, you know? As long as yeah. I know that I'm going to be 10 minutes late, I'm okay. It's, what stresses me out is being in traffic and not knowing when I'm going to get to work. So Yeah, and it could know. easily say in the future, 10 years from now, hey, pay me $10 and I'll get you to work five minutes faster or 10 yeah. minutes faster. And yeah, people and poor people and... and Minorities living on the outskirts of the cities will have to pay more to get the traffic relatively on time without having or or leave three hours early. So here's and that could easily be the next form of oppression. This is kind of like the the moral of the story that I kind of come to, and that is like you may you know a lot of people are fine putting their money in a bank. Most people do. A lot of people don't even question who is handling their lives, their money, their privacy. A lot of people just, they're, they are happier giving up that autonomy. There will always be people who do that. But for me, 
it's important that we talk about these these potential futures these because they're slowly happening to us and they're happening to us in they're happening in ways that we don't recognize yet we don't see them they're not blatant they're not critical or they're critical they're just happening so slowly and they're they're spoon-fed to us and they're sugar-coated so we think that we want all of these things when in fact they are, you know, like that company that I worked at that gave us beanbag chairs and free lunch. At first I was like, oh my God, free lunch and a snack and this is great. And then I realized that the reason that they did that was so that I didn't ever leave, you know? You have no reason to and go to lunch because complain. your food is here. Yeah. Don't yeah. complain. You have a beanbag chair to work on. You have food. You're not going to leave. We're going to make you happy and complacent here and we're going to work your ass off. So it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the scam with healthcare that we were talking about last week with BK. Like, you know, Michael Moore talks about it. It's like when, when they get you with healthcare and they make your healthcare dependent on your job, your job is able to oppress you just a little bit more and pay you a little bit less and make you work a little bit longer. And all these like little things that normally any sane person would be like, fuck you, I'm leaving and going and get another job. But if you know, know you're not going to be able to find a job for a month or two and you're not going to have health care, all of a sudden you're like, do I, do I really need to leave? Can I just tolerate that one little bit more, that one little less thing? And this, like, so, you know, to, to, to bring it back to crypto, like, this is the good thing about decentralization is when it's open source and it's decentralized around the world. It potentially alleviates these issues. So if you have an open source browser, you don't have to worry about Google doing these things. Because you know you don't have to worry about Apple doing those things. You don't have to worry about Microsoft doing these things. And that's the that's the exciting thing about what blockchain offers is the ability to have a, a democratic, a, a truly democratic option. But the but here's the kicker, here's the catch, here's the rub. You have to participate. And as, we, and as we've seen in American politics over the last 30 years is there has been an insidious attack on democracy by conservatives to convince you that your vote doesn't matter, that your vote isn't valuable, that your vote isn't important, and that you just shouldn't vote. And the Russians saw that and they used that to their advantage in 2016. And you go and you, and you read about it, and all the memes show a crazy Hillary and a crazy Trump side by side and said, I'm not going to choose between the two evils. I'm just going to boycott the vote. And they convinced uh. people not to vote. They convinced people to, to not use their voice, their power. That's the, that's the only oh, power we have I mean in this country. Is voting. It didn't help that Hillary was like a pretty terrible candidate. <laughs> I mean, no, like, that's absolutely untrue. That's okay, what they convinced well. you to believe. You have somebody who dedicated her life to. I mean, she working, did not convince you know, me. I mean, she did not convince me. That's okay. That's now the thing. you can I mean, say she is, didn't convince you, but to say that she's an awful candidate. I thought she was a bad candidate. She was a senator. Trump, yes. She was secretary of state. She was a governor's I, wife. She was a first lady. I mean, she was a lawyer. I still think she was. She's the, like, when it comes down to actual credentials. Oh, she was qualified, but she was a bad candidate to go up against Trump. I don't, okay. I mean, uh, sure. I okay. 
I that, that I, I can thought, I, I can agree with. Yeah, and I thought she was. I thought that the whole campaign that she ran was was pompous, and it was. I mean, like I just didn't. I I did not have faith in in Hillary during that election. I mean, this is she's like not a good politician. I'll give you that. But when it comes, yeah. you know, and and you can you can critique her for being being a a, a hawk and very like pro war and this and that yeah, and like and and I disagree with a lot speeches. of her politics. I mean, that, I can't look past that. You know, like that's well, yeah, sure. But anyway, anyway, like the 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 okay. So the thing, the reason that we talk about this on on the crypto podcast is because, like Michael <laughs> says, like Michael says, like the decentralization, distributed technology. Uh, censorship resistance, all of this stuff is, it's so directly related to what we're talking about. And, but, and I, and I feel like in 2017, during the me- mega bull run, a lot of people came into crypto because they saw it as an opportunity to make money, right? But you did have a lot of people sticking around going, oh, wow, this not only, you know, can, you know, this not only is a very volatile currency, but it means something more. There's something behind it. There's some value behind it that is not monetary. And that's good. We need to keep on kind of pushing the awareness of that and talking about how even the concept alone, even if Bitcoin dies, even if crypto dies, which probably won't, most likely won't, but even if it does die, we still have this concept of this cryptography, something that is supposed to protect us on a digital level can also give us an awareness of, you know, what is happening on a macro level to us, you know, in terms of like just how much control we have. I think that's important. I think it's important to, to keep this in mind. I think it's one thing that cryptocurrency teaches people. And also with crypto, with like with anything, anything is when you're given two options and one's bad and one's worse, if you don't vote for the bad option, I guarantee you the worse option's going to win. And and that's so like you may not always be 100% happy, but you have to think inc- incremental. You have to think about your kids. And what happens if you allow the worse option to happen? And 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 so it's like just my thing is like so do you- your job. Just vote. Just vote. Like Vote for you know when yes. vote for whatever bit whatever block whatever crypto yeah. you're you're using. Make sure if they say hey we need consensus, make sure you vote because that's how you make these democratic blockchains actually work is by participating in the, in the process. If you don't buy Bitcoin, then Ripple will be the biggest cryptocurrency, <laughs> and we'll have a problem. <laughs> Vote for the stronger crypto. <laughs> oh man! And that's going to be our tagline today. Vote for Ripple. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Hey, so uh, I think that's a good episode. That sounds. That is a good episode. That was a good high, so we high have five. some stuff that we haven't been doing, and I just want to uh, say, look, if you've been listening and you like the podcast. If you can rate us on iTunes, that would be huge because that'll really help people find us. Um, I, I was going through, uh, we do we go through Podbean to get to iTunes, and I was looking at the breakdown of countries. We have people from all over the world downloading and listening, and that's exciting, you know. So um, that would help us get it out there. Just rating, you know. If you want to 
donate to our us. Patreon account. It's on it's on our website at a uh, crypto or a uh, keyword crypto dot com. But uh, you know, the simple act of rating is is huge for us. It would really help us um, help us get some sponsors, help us uh, get the word out, and help us be able to make a little bit of money to pay back what we're doing because we are paying some artists and we have something exciting coming out in the next three to four weeks, I want to say. I'm, I'm yes, trying to be optimistic. Yes, yeah. no, and, sure uh, we should be ready to go. 2019, it's going to be, this is, yeah. is going to be the year of crypto, right? Just like 2018 yeah. is supposed to be. <laughs> it's going to be the word. Top it's, 10. Uh, uh, next week, top 10 cryptos. Michael on the yeah. <laughs> Of 2019, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be at at the very least be the year of keyword crypto. So that's yes. that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, still searching for that word. All right, everybody. All right. We're so gonna sign off there. Keyword crypto by Michael and the Bear. I'm Michael. That's JJ. We appreciate you coming out.